The God of all creation, he be glorified in our life. Thank you so much, Brother Tim, and thank you all, each and every one of you, for just letting yourself go and worshiping our Lord and Savior, who is worthy to be praised for praying and standing with us for those needs earlier and uh, just believing that God is truly moving by our faith. How many believe that God loves to move upon our needs? Amen. He's not just a Lord that, uh, uh, that just wants to just let us go and, and uh, not care about us and just touch us every now and then, you know, if he feels like it. I believe God wants us to be blessed every day. And God wants to move in our lives daily. Amen. Yes, he is. He is in control today. Amen. Give God thanks for that. Anybody else want to testify? Well, good. Where are you at? Oh, there you are. Amen. Give God thanks and praise for that too. I tell you, it's good, it's good to hear what God is doing in each and every one. Anybody, I'm going to give somebody else an opportunity to stand up and give God praise. Now, if you ain't going to give him praise, sit down. Now, hallelujah. Go ahead, Sister Lyra. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Keeping your hand on Sister Lyra. He's a good God. Even if he's there, no matter what we're going through, what happens in our life. Brother Mark, go ahead. Bless him, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for that. Another year, another birthday. He's 39 and holding. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, stand with me this morning as we turn to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. I want to share with you just briefly from the Word of God and also continue to pray for Brother John and his family uh, in this time. Uh, we'll be having the visitation tonight here at the church from 5 to 7, and then the funeral services will be tomorrow at 2. And uh, on behalf of the family, just want to thank you for all you, that you've done to reach out. Uh, maybe food, visitations, phone calls, text uh, means so much in times like this. So thank you so much for all that you do and have done. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, and then verse 13. I want to share with you briefly from the word this morning as God will speak to our hearts. The Bible said, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have not the gift or have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Somebody shout amen. Thank God. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. And where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Verse 13 said, And now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I want to preach from this thought this morning to the child of God. God's relentless love in you. God's relentless love in you. In you. Father, we love you today and we're grateful for this congregation, for this body, and those that couldn't be here, maybe that are watching by social media today. We pray your grace would be extended to them, that they would be able to connect and to receive your word today and be blessed today of that which you would plant in their heart and in their soul to feed them, nourish them, and help them, Father, to become all that you would have them to be. Father, that's our desire. Our desire, Father, is to, is to draw nearer to you, Lord, day by day to become, Father, all that you would have us to be. Help me today, Lord, to be hidden behind the cross of Calvary, that God, that the Holy Ghost from heaven would speak through this vessel and the word of God, Lord, would go forth and accomplish in every heart today, each and every heart from the lost to the saved, from the youngest to the oldest, every heart today be changed by your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. God's relentless love in you. We often read this scripture, and maybe some have studied this, but it bears uh, uh, diving into this morning Uh, some things that I think are very interesting and eye-opening concerning what Paul is saying to the church at Corinth. How many knows this morning that God is love? God is love. 
And there are many different types of love this morning. There are four that I want to express in particular as I share with you that which God has spoken to my life. This morning as Paul is speaking to the church, he is talking about the ministry of the gifts of God and connects it with the love of God. Paul's letter to the church at Corinth was written to express that the gifts and ministry lose their value when they're not acted upon in love. This love that Paul is describing is not just a love today that that we know in society and, and toward one another. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this love Paul is talking about this morning is a love that comes of the Holy Ghost. It is a love that comes of the Holy Spirit. It is a divine in nature because it is developed in us by the Spirit of God. How many knows the fruit of the Spirit? One of the fruits of the Spirit is love. And that's what Paul is talking of in this particular context. There are four types of of love in Scripture. They're communicated in translation of Greek words, And one of them is eros, one of them is storge, one of them is philia, and then agape. Eros is what they would call a romantic love. It is a love that uh, this morning should be known between a husband and a wife, and that is God's will for this type of love to be experienced. I was thinking about, I want to stop there for a minute, I was thinking about the other day, and I think I just told my wife, uh, or maybe it was my mother uh, yesterday, I said, you know, I cannot remember the last time, the last time that I've done a wedding. It's been a long time, quite a few years, amen? But there was a time when when uh, uh, boys and girls and men and women, uh, they didn't just want to shack up and date somebody and love somebody. They wanted to get married. They wanted to put a ring on it. Amen. But it's not that way so much anymore. Amen as it used to be. But it was God's will for this kind of love, this eros love, to be experienced between a husband and a wife. And then we have the storge love, which is a love between family. And I don't want to go too deep. I can go deep into all this, but I just kind of want to brush this so you'll understand this morning. The family love. In in other words, it's love between uh, uh, mamas and and daughters and and sons and fathers and and mothers and sons and fathers and daughters and cousins and and grandparents and this kind of love. It's a, a familial love. And then we have what we call the filial love, which is the brotherly love. Look at somebody and say, I feel ya. Hallelujah. I feel ya. What you're saying to them is uh, that I have a brotherly love for you. A brotherly love is important. Amen. The Bible said let brotherly love continue. Glory to God. So I feel ya this morning. This type of intimate love in the Bible describes what Christians should practice toward one another. Amen. It describes uh, literally uh, in translation from the Greek, beloved or dear or friend. Listen to what I'm saying this morning. If we have a filial love for one another, then we treat one another as if we have a beloved relationship with them. Beloved, dear, 
How many today has a filial love with your church family? It says, my goodness, you're beloved to my heart. I, I care so deeply about you. You're dear to my soul. Amen. You're dear to my heart. So in other words, I want to, to make sure that I can be that person that, that helps you and, and I'm going to lean on you at times when I need your help, but we're going to work, work, uh, we're going to do this thing together. We're going to, to make this journey together and we're going to do it because of the filial love. Let me go ahead and tell you, if you don't have the filial love, it is the very ingredient that will cause division in a church. If you don't have filial love for your brothers, uh, then you don't have the love that God wants you to have. And you know what? If you don't, just pray, God, help me to have that filial love. Amen. It's all about growth. It's all about coming to a place in our life. See, see the thing is, the struggle in, in, in church has been is that everybody's got all the answers, but God wants to be God of every church. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in there and he don't want no filial love going on. He don't want you filial nobody. Amen. He wants you to be at odds with those that are of the household of faith. Why? Because a house divided cannot stand. Preacher, why are you going? I'm going where the Holy Ghost is leading me. Let me go ahead. It's just important because God really touched my heart through this message today. The devil don't want us to have a filial love. He don't want us to have a brotherly love. But this love that Paul is talking of in 1 Corinthians, it is an agape love. It is a divine love. Amen? How many, when you got saved, didn't know you could love people like you did after you got saved? How many, when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, didn't know you could love humanity like you do? Amen. How many, when the Holy Spirit got to moving in your life, you begin to, 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 to realize that, that there was a deeper love, a love that you could not create in your own, a love that you could not begin to express. But when the Holy Spirit began, I'm going to tell you something. If the Holy Spirit comes upon you, amen, the love of God will be manifest in your life in a divine and powerful way. Amen. This kind of love... Is what's important. Why do you say that? Because Jesus demonstrated his love in, in this particular way. It wasn't just a filial love. It certainly wasn't just a storge love. And it absolutely wasn't an eros love. It was an agape love. This agape love was immeasurable. How many knows today that, that a filial love can cut off if you get offended? And Eros love will kick you out if you get offended. It's true. A storge love means nothing if someone decides, well, I'm, I'm hurt, I don't like. There's families today that used to have a storge love for one another and they don't have it anymore. Because the enemy came in and destroyed. But an agape love is much different. It is immeasurable. It goes beyond the fault. 
to touch the need. I'm so glad today that God came to me in his agape love. And he said, I'm going to look beyond your sin. I'm going to look beyond that which you were born into, all the things you've ever done. I'm looking beyond the physical, amen, to God lineage of sin. And I'm going to save your life. I'm so glad when Jesus died on the cross, his love was immeasurable. When he looked down to the Roman soldier and the Roman soldier there that, that was standing around him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm so glad this morning that God, that Christ had an agape love that looks beyond our fault and finds our need, that looks beyond our sin, that looks beyond, amen, our discrepancies. This morning, it's an agape love, and this can only be experienced through God. And if you don't ever connect to God, you'll never know the agape divine love of God that comes by his spirit to help Help us to be like him and to be the light that God would have us be. I wish somebody would shout amen. You need to understand something this morning. Paul was talking about the ministry of the church losing its effectiveness because it lacked the agape love. Jesus demonstrated his love. As I said earlier, then Peter the Bible said in John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19, Jesus went to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. Again, a second time he asked him in those first two times, Peter responded in a filia sense. Then Jesus in the third question begins to ask him again, Peter, do you love me? He didn't want that feeling. See, you can't, you can't love God in a philia sense. It's not enough. You can't love God like you do your brother. You got to love him. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Preacher, how do you know that? Because the Bible said you will love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love thy neighbor as thyself. When he got to the place where he said love thy neighbor, it was not with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, but it was with as yourself. But unto God, we needed to love him with everything within us. This is an agape love. Come on, somebody. It's not an aphelia love. Peter, uh, Peter began to realize that what the Lord was asking him is do you love me above all? Do you love me above everything? Do you love me above your own agenda? Do you love me above your own circumstances? Do you love me above your own family? Do you love me above all? Somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. Jesus was saying, Peter, do you love me with everything within you? Because philia ain't going to get you through. But loving God with all your heart, mind, and strength will carry you through. Why don't I give up? Why don't others give up? Amen. It's because when the Holy Spirit is in your life, you have the fruit of agape love which helps you to love God with everything within you and a filial love won't do. You know why people get mad and leave the church? Because they're trying to serve God with a filial love. You can serve man with a filial love, but you can't serve God with a filial love. You've got to serve him with the greatest love of all.
Jesus demonstrated this. Agape love is, is a divine love that helps us to love as he does. It helps us to use the gifts with the right motives. I've seen a lot of people with Philly love. They got the Holy Ghost, but they <laughs> speaking in tongues and prophesying. And they say they got Philly love and all this kind of that and the other. Amen. But their motives are wrong. Some people shout because they want to be seen. Some people prophesy because they want people to think they know something. Some people speak in tongues because they want them to think they're spiritual. And I'm not alluding to the fact that what I just said may make the gifts of God sound like they have no value, but that's far from what I'm saying and that's far from what Paul said. Paul didn't say that. Paul was saying these gifts without the agape love are just noise. Amen. In other words, you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, you can have faith, and you can give all your goods to the poor, and you can give your body to be burned. And if you don't have this agape love, amen, of the Spirit of God that Paul was talking about, and you're not operating in that love, in these gifts, then what are you doing? You're just making noise. My goodness, have we been making noise as a church all across this nation? Have we just been making noise, amen, to God? Or have we began to see what Paul was saying here? Have we ran after God instead of putting the focus on the gift, put the focus on loving God and letting the gifts of God flow through that very love that God has for us, amen? Anybody can want a gift. Oh, it looks cool. I'd like to speak in tongues. That ain't the reason why you should want to speak in tongues. Well, I'd like to prophesy. Then somebody would think I'm important and I have the answers and, and I'm close to God. Well, that ain't why you do it. Well, I'd, I'd like to be able to move mountains and lay hands on the sick and, and, and have he. I'd love to do that. Even Simon the sorcerer wanted to do it. And Peter said, your money perish with you. He said, I'll buy it if you just let me have it. But that ain't the reason why we want it. The reason why why we want it is we have a love for God. Amen. An agape love that says, Lord, I'm going after you. And if you feel, I tell you, there'll be people filled with the Holy Ghost if they'll get their eyes off the gift and start running in love to God. You'll find the Holy Spirit will reciprocate today. God will move. If we're trying to go there without going to God and loving him, then we miss, we miss it. God wants you to love him with everything within you. Then he wants you to love your neighbor, feel your love. But he is not in the business of passing out the gifts just because you want it if you don't want him. There have been many that were baptized in the Holy Ghost and even in this church that received the gifts of the Spirit, but they lost their focus. That's easy to do. And so Paul said, listen, y'all got to understand something. He said, if you don't have love, 
all these gifts mean nothing. They're not making, they're not, they're not having any effect. Paul describes the nature of this love in detail. I won't go too long with this, but we need to hear it. Love suffers long. Love is patient. It refers to a forbearing or persevering patience toward a person. It's a form of self-sacrificial love. We extend to someone else. And it describes God's love toward us. God's love toward us is great. Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 said, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. It's important we realize that, that this agape love is very patient and suffers long. It's akin to long-suffering in a lot of sense. And then the love is kind. The kindness is characterized by benevolence and tenderness. A kind person is disposed to help others to do so with sympathy and consideration, kindness. Look at somebody and say, be kind. I like what Anna Grace says. She says, Daddy, I wish people would just be kindful. I said, well, honey, I don't know if that's a word. She said, yeah, but it sure sounds good. Why can't people just be kindful? Because it's important that the love of God is an expression. This agape love is a reflection of who he is and how he loves. Amen. A kind person will be available with sympathy and consideration for someone who is going through things in their life and there'll be a reflection of God. Godly love will make a person kinder. This agape love will. Amen. I remember a guy got saved and he got filled with the Spirit, and I remember he testified not long after that. He said, everything just looks so different. This was a mean somebody. I mean, he was, but when God saved him, it turned his whole world around. I was down in, in Brunswick, Georgia, pulled up to the Hardy's there one morning. He was there in front of me getting off of work. He worked a night shift at one of the plants. And uh, actually, no, excuse me, he was behind me. I was in front of him. And I got to the window and I said, how about take this, this man behind me and let me pay for his meal? I knew who he was, a good, good dear brother of mine. And so I did. I didn't get home good and the phone was ringing. We didn't have cell phones on our hip back then. I got home, he called me, he said, brother, you didn't have to do that. He said, but I want to tell you, I thank you and I love you. Amen. He appreciated it. You know why I did it? Because I was so grateful for what God did in his life. I didn't want anything out of it. I was so grateful for what God did in his life. If we would be to a place to where we could be grateful for what God's doing in other people's lives. Oh, the kindness we would show toward them and toward even the lost today. God's kindness and goodness leads to repentance. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you act. 
Sometimes you walk out there and not be kind to somebody, you lose all opportunity to connect with them. Goodness of God, kind, God's kindness leads to repentance. Romans 2 and 4 said, How do you spies the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It also leads to salvation. Love does not envy. It's not in competition with one another. It's not envious or jealous. You know what? Every one of you going to stand to God, and including me today, on your own. Ain't no need to get jealous. God's not going to ask you, was you able to attain what, it's, what somebody else was, was able to do? He's not going to ask you what, 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 what somebody else did in your life to keep you from doing what he wanted. What he's, going, he's going to look at your life. He's going to ask you, why didn't you trust me? Come on, somebody. Well, so-and-so got in my way, and so-and-so hurt my feelings, and so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. God's like, that ain't what I ask you. God's aware of that. Why didn't you trust him? Why'd you quit? Well, God, you don't understand what I was going through. Yeah, he does. Nobody is going to be able to take the blame for you when you stand before God. It's going to be you. Don't envy nobody. Just be who God wants you to be. Come on now. There's a lot of people that I, I guess that uh, if you could say it, if I look at them in ministry, uh, I'm not jealous by any stretch, but it just makes me feel so far beneath, you know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there's church folk make you feel that way. But when I stand before God, all God wants me to be is what he's called me to be. And he'll put people in my life that'll help me to grow and help me to be better. He'll put people in your life that'll help you to grow and help you to be better. And they may be connected and there'll be pain sometimes that comes in your life. All these things will happen. But don't envy and don't become jealous over people, amen, that may not be going through what you're going through. Just run your race and understand that the love of God will help you not to get hung up on others. It don't vaunt itself. It don't boast of another's worth, of one's worth. It doesn't brag. Pride prompts a person to vaunt, to overvalue who he is. I've had so often preachers say, well, preacher, you sound so bold in the pulpit, but you're so humble, so humble outside. That's just who I am. I'm not bragging. Sometimes I, 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 I wish mm-hmm, that people didn't see my humility as much because they think I'm weak when they do. But it's not that. The point of the matter is, is that God does not want us to reach a place in our life where we think that we are God. He doesn't want us to reach a place in our life and in our ministry or personally in our families, on our job, that we overvalue who we are. I'm nothing without him, and you ain't, you're not either. None of us are. Well, preacher, I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. That's one way to look at it. But I like, I like this way. 
We were created of the dust of the earth. And God breathed in man's nostrils a breath of life. And he became a living soul. You didn't come from a monkey, from a frog, or anything else like that. This earth didn't. God created you. God created you. He created you. And the word tells us, amen, that the created cannot be exalted above the creator. We cannot bone ourselves up. His love doesn't do that. It helps us. His love's not puffed up. Love is not arrogant. It's not proud. But it realizes that all it has and all it has been is given to it by God. No matter how great our talents are or how spectacular our gifts, everything we are is a result of His divine grace. I am who I am because, as Paul said, of what Christ has done in me. His love does not behave rudely. Christian love does not seek, amen, to be unkind and and rude to others. It involves us coming to a place to where, as we said before, in this other part of this love, that the kindness in, in that love is expressed in place of our own personal momentary pains. It does not seek its own. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Love is not easily provoked. It's not swift or quick to be disturbed, angered, irritated, aroused, or even to give a sharp response. Love of God does not work in that way. Psalm chapter 145 verse 8 said, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. I'm so thankful that we're not God and He is. Because if we were God, Many of us would be in hell if somebody else had to judge. Thank God that he is God. Love thinketh no evil. It doesn't come to a place where everything is, is always evil. It's always people are always evil. They have the wrong motives and people are always this and people are always that. It also does not keep a record of evils that are done to it. It doesn't just, just build up a, a, a conglomerate encyclopedia of all the sins that people have done to them. They learn to forgive and let it go and they think of good things. I don't know about you, but God tells us to pray for our enemies to love our enemies and and he also wants us to have good thoughts toward our enemies. Aren't you glad that even when you were acting like the devil that God's grace didn't turn away from you? Give God praise. The agape love that Paul is talking about reaches beyond the borders of these things. It tries to find the good in people. Now don't be ignorant. There's a difference in that. You gotta be wise. Some people throw love around because it's their way of manipulating you to be a doormat. This is not what God's agape love is all about, but this is how God's love works. His love rejoices not in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in sin, whether it's its own sins or sins of others. Love hates sin. 
But true love doesn't gossip or rejoice when another believer is doing what they think or what God's Word says they ought not be doing. Come on, somebody. Love does not do this. Do you think God is picking up the phone and going around and letting everybody in your church body know what you did last night? Come on, somebody. Do you think the Holy Spirit is going and exposing you in this kind of way? No. God's grace has come in love not to rejoice in iniquity, not to, to reach a place or a level, amen, of expo. God wants us to cover. Thank God that when Noah was drunk, amen, and he got naked in the tent, that he had two sons that had enough sense to cover him up when the other one wanted to expose him. Oh, it's getting quiet in here, but I come to preach. We quick to get on the phone and raise up the faults of everybody else. But if God was to roll back the curtain for come on somebody you'd be running to him for grace oh God please don't expose this please I thought we had it under the blood and God said I did I had it under the blood and I'm trying to cover these others but you keep trying to expose them you keep trying amen to humiliate them when I'm trying to love them and I'm trying to lead them to a place of hope and grace come on somebody you ought to know that God's love and grace is bigger than we can imagine. It rejoices not in iniquity. No, we don't. We don't rejoice in iniquity. We're children of God. We can't. We shouldn't. But we sure don't go around flapping our gums about other people's sins. When God's been so good to us, we ought to be praying, God, save their soul. Forgive them. I go ahead and tell you there's some things that you may think are wrong that maybe not be wrong. That's twixt you and God. Don't put your convictions on somebody else. Rejoice, not in iniquity. Rejoice in truth. While love hates all forms of evil, it loves truth. It rejoices in it. Love is glad for the truth. Love is the truth that Paul was talking about. This is the love that in the end, stand with me if you will, please, in the end, in the end simply this. Paul said, love believeth all things. Love always places the best possible interpretation on everything that happens. Amen. God's love will do that. God don't look at a roadblock and say that's the end. There's no hope. God don't, God's love don't look at He don't look at your family and say, well, there's just no hope for them. They're too far gone. In our own minute mind filia kind of love, storge kind of love, you know, we, we're limited in that, but God's love that Paul was talking about beareth all things. It looks beyond impossibilities. I want you to know that your God is not limited this morning. His love is not limited. 
It doesn't always seek the most negative answer, but it believes that good will triumph in any situation. How many thank God for that truth in your life today? Love bears all things. Love hopes all things. It expects the best possible outcome. How many is expecting the best possible outcome? How many is, how many is expect in your family and in your church and on your job? I'm expecting. Hmm. Love always expects the best outcome. Love refuses to accept failure. And love always holds out hope that things will work out right in the end. Love endures all things. It continues in spite of persecution and ill treatment. Love bears the unbearable, believes the impossible, holds the incredible, and never gives up. Oh, hallelujah. If you ever feel like giving up, just tap into the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's agape love is a strength for your life. Love never fails. When everything else in this world is passed away, when everything that is held in high esteem is gone, when knowledge and gifts no longer matter, love will exist. Now, my question to you this morning is simply this. Brother Mickey, if you could get some, something playing softly, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment, if you will. My question to you simply this morning is this. Do you want to love like God loves? Do you want the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life flowing, flowing and effective because you have tapped into, amen, the very promise and knowledge of the fruit of love in the Holy Spirit in your life. That agape love that is immeasurable, that helps you to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It helps you to, to have that ability to love your neighbor, not with a filial love, but with an agape love. With a love that that goes beyond the borders of their sin. Maybe you've got some things in your life or people in your life that, that you've struggled to be able to minister to because you really have a hard time reaching that place. But God's agape love oh, will help you to be able to connect and to not just be making noise, but through the gifts of God make a difference. I don't know about you, but I'm asking this morning, is anybody tired of making noise and they're ready to make a difference? Is there anybody in this place tired, amen, to God of all the noise? They want to see a difference. Well, this agape love of the Spirit of God, this divine love, oh, will make the noise go away. It'll cause, amen, the effectiveness of ministry of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would right now just begin to speak to every heart and life, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on me as your word begins to, to settle in their hearts, I pray that you would let it accomplish what you've sent it forth to accomplish. Let it change the mind. And Lord, let it grip the heart. 
Oh God, I pray if there's any in here today that have struggled in the battle of their mind to understand why or, or how, Lord, that I can find myself drawing near to God and, and making a difference for the kingdom, Lord, today. The answer, Lord, has been spoken to their life. Father, help us not to be noisemakers, but to be difference makers. In these last weeks, you have saved. In these last weeks, you have filled with the Holy Ghost. In these last weeks, God, you have breathed on our church. I pray every attack of the enemy, Lord, that will be a standard of God raised that would, would try to hold our church from going forward. I pray, God, right now that you would help us to come together in this agape love and to stand, Father, with a determined mind that we will not go back, but we desire an outpouring of God in the days ahead, in the months ahead. We want to see souls saved. We want to see the baptism of the Holy Ghost become an experience. We want to see, Father, hearts and lives who desire more than just living in Philia and Storge and Eros love, but they want to experience the agape love. Lord, we'll give you the thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just lift your hand where you had and say thank you Lord for your agape love in me your relentless love toward me God let me have this agape love flowing through my life a relentless love that shows all the attributes that Paul talked about as I make my journey to make a difference Lord, we pray that you would be with Brother John and his family. Lord, that so many others are needing your touch even now, God, I pray. Lord, you continue to touch Brother Mike Fulp. Lord, that you would continue to heal his body day by day. Holy Ghost, in that place right now. Comfort him. Let God's anointing, Lord, cover him again. Lord, he's moving one leg. Let him move the other. Lord, let him lift one hand and lift the other. God, let him, Father, begin to feel something happening on the inside. Let those broken bones, fractured bones, just begin to, to come back together and be healed in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now that, Father, you would just move upon Sister Sarah. I pray, Lord, that this next step is going to be the step of completion. That, God, she will rejoice and stand in our presence of the goodness of God through her journey. We thank you for that. Give Brother Joel strength and Sister Sarah strength. God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a part of this body, a part of this church. Lord, I thank you for, for the precious people here. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to be a better pastor. Help me, Father, to be a better orator. Father, help me to be a better prayer boy. Help me to be a better father, a better husband. Help me, Father, to be a better friend. Lord, I thank you for it all. Is that your prayer today? Help me be better. God, I surrender all. 
we love you. Let our church be a loving church. Don't let it be a judgmental church, a bitter church, an angry church, a frustrated church. Let it be a loving church. Let it be a church that reaches out in love and kindness and that agape love. But let our brotherly love continue. We love you, God. And as the sign says on the front of the church, I want to say again, no matter who's president, the Lord is king. you right now to give us four more years of grace. Father, that you would stop the onslaught of what the enemy is doing right now to steal this election. Lord, what the prophets have spoken, we pray will come to pass. Let President Trump give us four more years. Let everything that was done dirty and under the table exposed and be fixed so that our nation can have fair elections. That's my prayer. Because God right now, the enemy wants this country. Well, hear what I'm saying? The enemy wants this country. He wants to shut up the God lovers and the Christians and the saints. this congregation as we as we dismiss today as the ushers come to dismiss them Father Lord that you would keep them make your face shine upon them until we meet again in Jesus name Amen Amen God bless you as the ushers come to dismiss